0: Welcome to The Greek Current, a podcast by HALK and Kathy Merini. I'm your host, Thanos Davelis. While votes are still being counted following last Tuesday's midterm elections in the United States, there are a few things that we can say with certainty. The anticipated Republican red wave failed to materialize. Democrats will hold the Senate, meaning Senator Menendez will remain chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. And Greek American and Philhellenic candidates across the country had a great night. Andiza Zamenidis, HALK's executive director, Joins me to break down why these midterms were history-defying and why the Greek American community and Hellenic interests were among the big winners. Andy, great to have you back on the Greek Current.
1: Thank you, Thano. Good to be back with you.
0: Andy, everyone's been talking about you know the failure of the anticipated Republican red wave to materialize in last week's elections. As the dust settles across the United States, are the results pointing to a you know history-defying win by Democrats?
1: Absolutely. You nailed it. Of course, you're quoting my article, but it is a history-defying win. Some are calling it an asterisk midterm, and rightly so. Since the 1930s, the party of a president with an approval rating below 50% in any race, midterm or general, suffers losses. And President Joe Biden's approval rating is at best in the low 40s. The economy was the biggest issue here, and we have high inflation, And there have been 22 midterms from 1934 to 2018. And the president's party has averaged a loss of 28 House seats and four Senate seats. There was a notable exception in 2002, but that was the country rallying to President Bush's side after September 11. But in this case, there's no loss of Senate seats. Democrats may actually gain a Senate seat. And there are going to be way, way fewer than expected losses in the House. Uh, It hasn't been called yet. It still looks like the Republicans will control the House, but with a very narrow margin.
0: This was also a big night, Andy, for the Greek-American community and Hellenic interests. How important were these midterms for the Greek-American presence in Washington and in elected office across the country?
1: Huge. Again, all the Greek-Americans in Congress that stood for re-election Congressman Charlie Crist did not stand for re-election because he ran for governor, but all those that stood for re-election won. Congressman Bilarakis, Sarbanes, and Maliotakis won pretty easily. Congressman Pappas and Congresswoman Titus were in tough races, were in, at one point, toss-up races. Those were critical races because Congresswoman Titus is on the Foreign Affairs Committee. Congressman Pappas has played a a leadership role in the the No Jets for Turkey campaign. But they pulled through, so the congressional Greek caucus is going to be heading, or at least the Greek-American members of Congress are going to be coming back full strength. All our Phil Helene members who stood, again, for re-election in the general election won. We also have a new and probably historic Phil Helene member of Congress in Robert Menendez Jr., and it will be the first time that A senator and member of Congress are going to be father and son. He's already got strong community ties. So, our presence in Washington, our issues alliance in Washington certainly advanced and around the country. You know, when you're thinking about that, the United States is really in effect as big as a continent, right? You're thinking of Greece. We have a lot of listeners in Greece. Our home state of Illinois is basically as big as Greece, and now the secretary of state, the second most significant statewide official after the governor, is a Greek-American, Alexi Janoulias. We have the lieutenant governor of California, Lenny Kungalakis, being reelected, And California passed Germany just this past month in size of economy. If California was a country, it'd be the fourth biggest country in the world. We had senators Andrew Gurnardis and Jim Skoufis be reelected. In New York, we have one of the original Halk young members, Statis Theodoropoulos, being elected for the first time in a New Jersey City Council. So this was a a great, great November 8th for us.
0: You read in Kathimerini, Andy, that these victories were enhanced by losses suffered by Erdogan. Can you elaborate on that?
1: Well, you know, everybody was familiar with the race of Dr. Oz. Dr. Oz never took a position on Erdogan, never took a position on the Armenian genocide, never took a position on issues in the Eastern Mediterranean, while all the while visibly showing friendly relations with the Erdogan regime or institutions, organizations like Turkish Airlines that are in effect controlled by Ankara. So there was a tremendous amount of concern that was first expressed by former Secretary of State Pompeo who labeled Oz as a potential national security risk during the Republican primary. So, you know, since he was approached and asked to clarify and didn't clarify, it was a fair assumption that he was going to be friendly to Erdogan. When Oz declared his run for the Senate, the Turkish ambassador very enthusiastically welcomed him to the race. So that's, again, something that raised a red flag. One of the co-chairs of the Turkey caucus in Congress, uh, Steve Chabot in Ohio, also lost, was the only Republican in Ohio that actually lost on Tuesday. So definitely uh, Turkey's friends in Congress will be fewer than they could have been.
0: I want to turn us to the Senate again. No wins in key races in Arizona and Nevada put the Democrats over the top, regardless of what happens in Georgia. This means Senator Menendez will remain chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. Just how significant is this?
1: Extremely significant. The chairman of, of the committee has an opportunity to really set the foreign policy agenda of the Senate. Senator Menendez, will put this in the show notes, but there was a, a great article by a Republican foreign policy specialist from the AI talking about him as one of the great Foreign relations chairman in U.S. history. So, him getting to keep this chair is great for the U.S. role in the world. I think he knows the world really well beyond knowing Hellenic issues, beyond knowing the Eastern Mediterranean. At a time when there are so many open issues, having someone who has 30 years of experience on foreign affairs committees, because when he was in the House, he was in the Foreign Affairs Committee. This is one of his several stints as chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. Of course, some people maybe thought that his ability to veto foreign arms sales to Turkey may have been affected. Were he not chairman, that's not true. Even the vice chair or the ranking member has a veto. But the whole whole context of U.S.-Turkey relations, U.S.-Turkey relations will be just under a greater microscope with Senator Menendez as the chair.
0: Well, Democrats held the Senate. Their hopes, as you mentioned earlier, for a majority in the House are increasingly slim at best. What should we be paying attention to as the battle over House leadership begins to unfold?
1: Well, we'll know maybe within a week what the final margin is in the House. That may kick off a race, a real competition over who is Speaker. We're already seeing some disgruntled Republicans, some blaming former President Trump, some blaming Mitch McConnell uh, for some Senate losses, some blaming Kevin McCarthy. So we'll see who ends up being speaker. There are some unique Greek connections to Stephen Scalise, who is right now the minority whip and has a chance of becoming speaker. We'll also see uh, what leadership races there are. We'll see which factions in the Republican caucus are dominant and what kind of deals they make to take over certain committees. Of course, we also have some new members or retirements that we have to look at in terms of their effect on Hellenic issues. Congressman Deutsch, who was one of the co-chairs of the Hellenic Israel Alliance Caucus, and the chair of the Middle East and North Africa subcommittee on the Foreign Affairs Committee. He retired to become the head of the American Jewish Committee. Fortunately, it looks like David Cicilline from Rhode Island is in in line to take both of those slots. And Congressman Cicilline has a long track record on these issues, especially as one of the co-authors of the East Med Act. It looks like Congressman Pappas and Congressman Pallone may step into an expanded Hellenic Caucus leadership role now with Congressman Maloney's tenure in Congress coming to an end. So there's going to be a lot of shifting around, a lot of people who have played a very strong role on these issues getting to play an even more prominent leadership role.
0: Andy, in the short term, we'll be looking to see how the chips fall in order to see who is the next speaker or who will be in key committees. What's the long-term outlook however? You know, what will you be looking out for over the next couple of years?
1: This election makes me think a lot of 2006 and 2006 was a, an amazing year in terms of Greek-American victories and Greek-Americans entering public service and there's three commonalities but in 2006 you had Congressman Gus Bilirakis and John Sarbanes entering Congress, you had Zach Space and Dina Titus entering Congress, you had Alexi Gianoulis being elected state treasurer. And that seemed a little bit of a a golden age of Greek-American politics. You had Phil Angelides running for governor. He lost, but you had Charlie Crist in statewide office as governor of Florida. So there was a lot of excitement in 2006. And I think there's a lot to be excited about now. You still have Bill Arrakis and Sarbanes in Congress. They're going to move up significantly in seniority, and that makes a difference. You have Chris Pappas uh, getting reelected, and he's definitely part of a new generation of leaders in the House who is definitely going to be rising up. Dina Titus goes up in seniority. And then, as we discussed, how significant the states are that now Eleni Kungalakis and Alexei Genoulias find themselves in the leadership of. And when you're thinking about a potential 2024 open primary in the Democratic Party, People are going to be looking for endorsements from Eleni Kunalakis, from Alexi Genulius. Dina Tyrus was one of the first members of Congress that endorsed Biden in Nevada, which is an early primary state. New Hampshire is the country's first primary. You have, you know, I mentioned Andrew Gunnaris, Jim Skoufis, Sathie Sadoropoulos, a whole host of young Greek Americans in their 30s. I'm particularly excited, of course little biased since I have served as a senior advisor to him and we're close friends about Alexei Janoulias' re-emergence into politics and I think his future and knowing how involved he was in the Hellenic affairs as state treasurer and as democratic candidate for U.S. I'm, I'm excited to see what he's going
0: to do as secretary of state. Andy, thanks for joining us. It was great speaking with you as always. Thanks, Tano. other news, at least six people have been killed and 81 wounded in an explosion in Istanbul. The blast happened on Sunday in a shopping street in the Taksim Square area. Turkey has blamed the Kurdistan Workers Party, the PKK, and the People's Defense Units, or the YPG, in Syria, and a suspect has been arrested. The PKK denied any role in the bombing. Turkey also accused the United States of complicity in the attack because America has long maintained a military partnership with the YPG in Syria. Interior Minister Suleiman Soylu dismissed condolence messages from the U.S. saying that this was like, quote, the killer is among the first ones returning to the scene. Finally, the new European Commission assessment of the Greek economy will be published next Tuesday, November 22nd. According to sources, it will come with significant national debt relief amounting to 5.2 billion euros. That relief concerns the deletion of the 2% interest margin, which had been imposed on the loan that the country had taken in 2012 from the European Financial Stability Facility, To buy back debt. Meanwhile, the Public Debt Management Agency of Greece announced on Monday it had successfully auctioned the reopening of a 10-year bond issue, raising 200 million euros from the market. That wraps up today's episode of The Greek Current. Thanks for tuning in.